is just a content warning um, and trigger warning for discussions about body weight, weight loss and gain, anxiety, mental health and distress, body dysmorphia and body management. Welcome to the Wellness Pod. I'm your host Malika and I'm your other host Impua. And we host bi-weekly episodes where we talk about all things wellness. We are back in the recording studio yes. and I'm so excited about this. It's been a little over a year since we've been together in person and this is also such a monumental semester. Yeah. We're graduating this semester and there's a lot of feelings about this. I know, right? Like Absolutely. Can you believe that we've firstly been doing this, the wellness part, for four years and like 25 episodes later, we're still going for as long as we can. So I'm so honored and I'm so humbled about the array of guests and experts and conversations that we've had ever since our first episode. I don't want to turn this into like some nostalgic acknowledgement section. So uh, I just want to say thank you all to all of our listeners who have supported us and believed in us. And yeah, to think of our graduation is so nostalgic. That's the first thing. And quite frankly, I'm not ready. But fortunately, a lot of us seniors still have one semester up to one year to go before we move on to the next chapter of our lives. And we're still relishing the sweet moments that we have left here at Yale and US. But that's a topic for another episode. Stay tuned, everybody. Let's get into this one. For this episode, we want to talk about wellness-related goals this new year. Especially in the first few months, there's a huge emphasis on turning your life around and becoming the best version of yourself. There's also a lot of emphasis on challenges. I don't know if you've seen them, but I've just been seeing so many challenges on like TikTok, Instagram. Um, and something that I've been seeing a lot of is 75 hard, which is taking off at this time. Mm-hmm. So today we'll be talking about how to balance one's needs and wants rationally and not extremely. And the topic, New Year's resolutions, the extremities of wellness practices, the need for listening to your body, especially in a fast-paced environment. Yeah, that's so timely. And definitely, a new year is always about creating New Year's resolutions, as you said. And I usually don't make active resolutions, but I like to review what went well and what didn't go so well, kind of like a feedback session with myself. And I see how best I can try to keep that going or change some stuff up. But do you have any New Year's resolutions or goals, Malika? I do have a few New Year's resolutions. Um, I think one of the things that I want to do is call people more often. I'm so bad at this. I call my mother and I call my boyfriend every day. But I don't really call a lot of people other than that because life at school is such a social environment and I really want to do that more I want to be more intentional with people back home I do also have some fitness and wellness related goals which is something I want to get into more because it's kind of been bothering me so like I mentioned before 75 hard um, it's this ultimate mental toughness challenge Mm. and the rules are you have to stick to a diet with no cheat meals no alcohol, drink four liters of water, work out twice a day for 45 minutes with one exercise outside (laughs) and you have to read 10 pages of nonfiction a day. What? (laughs) The catch of it is that you cannot skip a single part of it and you have to do it for 75 days straight and if you fail a single day you have to start all over from the beginning nah that is that is so intense i'll basically be on the 75 hard all year at this rate (laughs) like what even how how often do people even succeed with such 
I, I don't know. I mean, like, it's so incredibly intense that it's often unsustainable and a lot of people do end up failing. What I don't really like about it is that it's increasingly becoming this challenge about weight loss. So people will post body checks before and after. And I guess my issue is the rigidity of the challenge can very easily devolve into such an unhealthy relationship with your body yeah. and, you know, constantly aspiring to really ridiculous aspirations yeah. to get your body looking a certain way. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. There's so many of those things about like the TikTok appearance and how you look extremely fit. Yeah, usually on TikTok, the short form makeup of the videos of people who look like super fit, super healthy, and they have a perfect lifestyle come up onto our feed like over and over again because the algorithm is algorithming as we know. And they make it seem so easy. But most of the time, the regular viewers of these TikToks are just on their way to work, getting a snack as they should. And these videos make them feel guilty for not hopping onto such an extreme lifestyle. So people end up taking on these lifestyles without fully understanding what it means for their own unique body, you know. And most of the time that creates imbalance and ends up becoming unhealthy. So, yeah, tell me about the 75 hard for you. Did you end up considering to take that up at all? Yeah, so in the spirit of full disclosure and honesty, last year I tried the 75 soft which is a much more forgiving version of this. It involves a 40, one 45-minute workout, three liters of water, 10 pages of any book, healthy eating, <laughs> etc. But you still have to do it for 75 days and you can't miss a day. And I found that it was still quite rigid. And what I initially thought was a lack of self-discipline, I realized I was just making it super tiresome and almost toxic for myself because I would drag my bum out of you know, my bed after a long day of work and do like a 45 minute walk, even though I really didn't want to, or I would be doing home workouts. And at the end of it, I was just not enjoying it. And I also feel like I wasn't listening to my body, which is a really important part of it, right? Because I didn't trust myself. I was like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just lazy. I'm not disciplined. Whereas my body was just having a really hard day and wanted a break. And that was not a crime, you know? So I think that was something I learned. Uh, sometimes you cannot do a 45-minute workout. You deserve to rest and relax. You sometimes don't need to read 10 pages. You can just scroll. It's okay. You know, there's everything in balance. Yeah. Um, so I think the thing about our wellness conversation today is that we want to talk about, you know, balance and having a, an improved relationship with yourself where you trust yourself more. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, well, firstly... 75 soft to me sounds just like 75 hard <laughs> and secondly I totally agree with you to say it's not a crime to rest and it's not a crime to actually listen to your body last time we checked and thirdly like thank you so much for sharing it's definitely not easy your experience highlights a big question that people usually miss up on and the question is how do you differentiate between setting ambitious wellness goals and pushing yourself to unsustainable extremes now that you've had that experience, what would you say is a key response to that question? I think I first need to acknowledge that I am not an expert in any field whatsoever. And what I'm doing is definitely not the be all and end all and different things work for different people. My process is a trial and error process. And if things work, don't work, I'll simply change them or continue them along the way. But I think in terms of fitness, I have banished certain things. So I realized that a lot of my um, fitness focus last, sem 
or last year was about weight and so this year I banished the scale like I'm not allowed to see a scale touch a scale no and I am focused on how I feel so I know that the gym is great whatever you're supposed to build muscle I've not been enjoying the gym and I want to do fitness that makes me feel happy and you know well yeah so I'm not going to the gym either I run or I swim um and basically I'm just trying to shift my focus from the aesthetics to how I feel and I over December focused really hard on developing a nurturing balanced and accepting relationship with my body and yeah I think that has really helped in knowing what is reasonable versus unsustainable because now I care about things like whether I'm out of breath when I climb the stairs or run you know whether I can talk while I'm running and not be out of breath Um, and so I'm focused on those things how I feel inside and what happens on the outside is not a metric that I care about Uh, in terms of reading that was also a goal from 75 soft Um, I I know that the in initial like intention was to kind of read more and just be smarter um the truth is we're college students we're reading all the time absolutely you know and the problem with college is that it's made reading a chore yeah so i don't want to make reading even more of a chore so now i'm just reading storybooks and when i want to however i want to that's that's all i love that i love how for you you've made your fitness fun like a lot of people end up looking as fitness and overall well-being as a chore like oh i need to do this and i need to go to the gym like what you said yeah like i totally identify with that as well um between the time that we actually wrote the script and now i've actually picked up a little bit of roller skating as well and you know some people will just be like oh that's cool you're just like on wheels you know but that's actually a workout for the legs (laughs) you know in addition to coordination and making sure you don't fall balancing of uh, the center of gravity you're also working a lot on your legs so for those who don't know uh, i am small and like borderline underweight (laughs) and i have not been a fan of my body since like 2020 and i also hear of my underweightedness from my family and my family's family and yeah it's pretty intense it gets to my head quite badly sometimes and even though i feel like sometimes i am eating well my fast metabolism takes over everything so much so that even if i just like fall off for like a week or something I feel like I have like lost all the progress I've made so if I skip a meal as you can see the effects go long so I've kind of resolved to kind of like pushing my appetite for my meals so that I can get used to bigger portions whilst doing less cardio and more strength workouts like this roller skating because I used to do a lot of cardio when I was 13 to 16 years old and 30 days now I'm about 30 days into this eat more regimen I feel so much more full and sometimes a little bit ballooned and I don't know if I'm doing my body good because sometimes I get a little bit gassy. <laughs> but I like the food. I like the fact that I'm eating more. And also my partner encourages me to continue on. And that makes me feel loads better. But I've balanced and I'm, I'm trying to balance and I'm trying to get into accepting this relationship with my body. Kind of knowing how it feels. Knowing what regimen, what food, what, rut- what routine works well with my body is also really important. So... Yeah, I feel like I'm on the same wavelength as you on that front. And so far, I'm getting there slowly. I'm doing more research about body types and diets as I go. That is so amazing. And thank you so much for sharing. It's not easy to talk about it. And I think it's never easy to talk about our bodies. But in this wellness pod space, we try to be honest and vulnerable. And I appreciate you for that. Um, I have a question related to wellness and self-care. Do you have any aesthetic goals like skincare? 
and how much of that has been influenced by social media. Girl, oh my god. I've had like skincare goals since I was like 11. First of all, 11 years old. Mostly for me it's because of skin issues and dermatological reasons, vitiligo, eczema and all of that, but not really social media. How about you? I feel like since I've been on TikTok, I have been peddled so many products to achieve this clear glossy skin. I don't yeah. know if I don't know if you were on in TikTok when Hiram was the rage? No. Hiram was <laughs> this this guy who didn't even have like a degree in like skincare uh. whatever. All his recommendations people were eating up uh. and I was eating it up too. Yo. I was like I need to get the ordinary so quickly. Yo. And it was just so bad. Um I feel like I have bought so many products because everything that has been sold to me is sold to me as something I need and I've fallen for it and now I'm tired and I realize that I don't need a 10-step skincare routine. I also have a few pimples on my face and Gorgeous. I'm fine with that. I'm Gorgeous. perfectly happy even if my skin is a little patchy. Yes. So what? Yes. So what? Honestly, that is too real. Yes. And honestly, I totally agree. Even with the patches of skin, as someone who also has vitiligo, I have certain things that if I take on like chemicals or just certain foods or if I enter a period of stress, my vitiligo flares up a little bit. And honestly, no one notices it except me. And I end up freaking out. I go into this whole frenzy. And I, f- I, c- I feel like I have to learn like to just lay back and say, so what if my skin is a little bit patchy? Like, girl, what are you trying to do with like a glossy skin type of routine or like uh, aesthetic? Like, please, no one is no one is out, no one is after your skin. <laughs> like, We don't have to look like that. Like, no one cares. Yeah. Yeah. And it's we're beautiful as we are. I agree. Yeah. It's too real. Like I the that whole like I need to look this way feeling or I needed this product feeling you know it's so real I remember when I was with my friend in a market in Boobgis this woman whom I also need to note was not the same race as me or my friend approached the two of us and bear in mind that we both had acne and pigmentation issues at the time and she approached us saying that we needed a certain set of products that she was selling because our skin was bumpy and hyperpigmented and I appreciated the saleswomanship, I'm not going to lie. But she literally said to us, no, your skin is bumpy. You need this. And I was so shocked about the fact that she, a different race than either of us, yeah, thinks that she might know about our possible and various skin conditions and dispositions on first glance. Like, yes, of course, we ended up declining her products, but our self-esteem were lowered in the process. I'm so sorry about that. Like, I can't believe people think that they have the right to approach people and say, hey... These are all your imperfections. Take this product. You need it. Like, you need to fix it. What if I love these things? You know? I mean, or what if I've just come to accept it? Right? Like, you don't have to... I I mean, we've had conversations about body neutrality. Yeah. Um, You don't need to love these parts about yourself, but you can also be fully accepting of it. And I can't believe people come here and they, like, impose their beliefs on you. And that's just heartbreaking. I'm so sorry that your friend and you experienced that. I just feel like overconsumption and capitalism is thriving in this wellness space. And I really hate it. You're being sold things you never knew you needed and are told that you cannot live without it. And the problem is that you can, of course, find ways to continue self-improvement. But is that ever really necessary? That's the point of this whole conversation, right? Like, how much is too much? It's good to be aspirational, but at some point you start treating your 
body and your identity like a machine and self-care becomes a race to have the most intricate and extensive and sometimes expensive routine to fix every single issue. But it's ultimately not necessary and most of the time it is quite unrealistic. So you may benefit from eating sea moss (laughs) and doing Pilates five times a week and waking up and drinking a green smoothie at 5 a.m. Yeah. But the benefits of those things are quite marginal compared to if you just listen to your body. So you can do it because you want to, but not because you feel like you have to. No, absolutely. And I really want to emphasize this relationship that we have with our bodies and this wellness and self-care race that we've started joining simply because of social media. I feel like last semester, I mean, talking more about my experiences with fitness, obviously I had certain aesthetic goals that I was aspiring to. And I would wake up in the morning and I would feel like anxious. And now looking back, I was like, I should have just had like breakfast, you know, instead of coffee, have breakfast, get off your phone, journal a little little bit. Instead, to like drown out the noise, I would just keep scrolling on social media. And I was like... It's not, I'm not feeling any better, yeah. you know, and I'm feeling worse. Mm. And now I'm like, okay, there are certain things about me that I really like and I've, I've really been paying attention to. So I like waking up in the morning. I like going on a little walk in the morning. Um, I really feel better when I have sunlight. I feel better when I make my tea. Like I make a little Sri Lankan milk tea. I will invite you over for that. Yes, please. But I really enjoy those things and those little rituals. I like taking naps. I like breakfast in the morning sometimes, you know, and those are things that work for me. And I've just only learned that by listening to my body as opposed to listening to this prescriptive list on the internet that's telling you how to be this way or that way. And I think people should, if anything, if, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I just implore you to listen to your body just a little bit more, you know, and know what it wants from you. Because it's not about taming this beast. It's it's just, it's you at the end of the day. You it's know, true. you're smarter than what these lists are saying. So just listen to it. Um, anyway, I think all these regimens that you just talked about um, often lead us to disappointment and dysmorphia. I think most of our lives are set up in a way that makes it unreasonable to do. If you have class or late nights, you should not be waking up at 5.30 a.m., get your sleep yes do the simple things you will feel better if you drink water but the water doesn't have to come from the most expensive purifying bottle in the market <laughs> yeah what are stanley's like what <laughs> is this stanley collection i'm bro, sorry i don't know bro. i don't know <laughs> um sometimes wellness is not as aesthetic as wellness influences are peddling but sometimes it is just very simple I have a few wellness-related things I've adopted recently, like I told you about, you know. And I sometimes don't do those things. Sometimes I lie in. It's just based on my day, and it's based on my routine. Things change. Nothing is mandatory. And that is life. (laughs) I honestly think that this conversation also, like what you've said about influences, hopping onto things to give us very, like, intricate routines and products, that type of... um, lifestyle does a lot more to address capitalistic agendas of some of the products that we buy bear in mind that yes they are doing us good work by showing us content on tiktok for example but what ends up happening is that you need to think about the 
backdoor processes that are happening there. That is a partnership that is happening between said influencer and said product. Someone is getting paid to actually show you this information. So at the end of the day, even though, yes, there is money behind all of this, a lot of it is peddling and we buy it. But we're not saying drop everything and go do nothing but if you can take care of the needs of your body in natural and simple ways you don't have to go on to everything that people are selling you and your body will thank you um, even for me personally I've seen my body literally adjust its needs according to the different climates that I'm in there's a scientific term for this kind of awareness and I think that's kind of what we were talking to just now being aware of your body right being attuned to one's body and knowing what it's called and that is called interoception Right, not introspection, interoception. And in a lot of cases, interoception requires for us to let go of a complicated bodily care routine, um, i.e. forcing things that aren't working. And it just requires for you to listen to your senses, what they are telling you about the internal state of your body. And the ability to interocept is not just, oh, I'm hungry or I'm thirsty or I'm sleepy. It can be so much more than that. It can be knowing exactly what you need at a certain time and knowing how you can attain that for your body instead of just forcing things down into your system, right? So that ability is stronger when you're listening to your body and not the market. Yes, and external pressures are so pertinent that a lot of publicity is about knowing how to play on your psyche and your desire. Yeah. But do remember that your mind and body were very much functional before the economy and its trends. Facts. And that's honestly why this episode is called The Mind, The Body and The Economy. Like just for you to be able to separate those things is already a power in itself for yourself. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing all of this wisdom with me, Malika. This is a conversation that we needed, to be honest. And I always love our one-on-ones because they feel so cathartic. So to our listeners, if you like these types of episodes, you can check back into our vault of episodes because we can talk about having a vault nowadays, okay? Last time we did something like this was when we did the Semester 2 Starter Pack, which is another episode where we actually checked in with each other. And yeah, for this episode, I'm just really glad that we managed to talk about the importance of remaining healthy through listening to your body and not having to buy into a lot of the trends and going hard. But yeah, it's so important for us to just make sure that even during fast-paced environments like what we live here in Singapore as Yale and U.S. students and all around the world to people who are uh, not in Yale and U.S. college, it's just important for us to just stay attuned to our body remain attuned to our wellness in simple ways and our body will thank us later for sure and i hope some of what we said resonates with you and may help you feel less pressure and anxiety surrounding wellness and wellness related goals this new year thank you for staying till the end and we hope you enjoyed this episode if you want to keep up to date with the podcast and all wellness related programs on campus follow us on instagram at yell and us wellness for more until then Stay well, stay safe, and take care.